you are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Yeah, like the whole, uh, yeah, well, let's talk about that. Let's, uh, let's kind of get into it. So, um, make sure I'm recording that. Hi! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Hello! All right, here we All right, go. start over. Sorry. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders. I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 80, the Latin Lover edition. The Andre Rising edition. (laughs) The Bad Moon Rising edition. (laughs) Uh, How you doing, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Glad to see that uh, that our return to the um, podcasting universe was received with uh, with great amount of fanfare. Yeah, we essentially took off September. We went on a late summer hiatus. Yep, we did have we recorded one episode in September, right? And we didn't publish it until this week. Yep. So um, I was a little I I was a little behind in 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 getting stuff together. Um, I'm a classic underestimator of a task and overestimator of my own personal abilities to accomplish that task. Yep. So like it just September came and went before I even realized it. And um, I knew that I needed to get some stuff up and I needed to, to we needed to talk about our trip to Syracuse and the whole yeah, deal. Yeah, that's what, that's what Fredo really wants to hear. He's like, yeah. where's the recap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other guy was like, you haven't posted anything since episode 78. I'm like, I'm sure we did another show in the can like two or three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But then I looked and I was like, oh, we never posted that one yet either. <laughs> Uh, well, that's funny because I was going to say dozens of people reached out to wonder where we were, but in yeah. reality, it was two. <laughs> yes. Oh, so no one asked you. <laughs> no one asked me. No, nobody cared. Um, in all fairness, I mean, I ha- when we lost Jeremy, we've lost everybody. Th- that's it. That's it. Josh is a um, is a binge listener. He'll go on, um, you know, two or three or four episodes at a time. Okay. He'll, he'll get himself, you know, he's got two kids and coaches soccer yeah. and does all And he's stuff. down at the dojo a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, he and the Cobra Kai's are out. It's Halloween, so they're getting their costumes together and, you know, they're riding their bicycles. And, and Yeah, I mean, you know. apple picking, going to the pumpkin patch. Yeah. There's tons of beach parties going on this time of year. So, um, he, you know, he doesn't have time to keep up. So, and that's it. man. Despite being, um, despite rolling six deep in the DeSantis family, actually, more than that, you know, we're a 13, 14 member family at this point. Yeah. Um, we have two listeners amongst them, so. Well, like the, we were supposed to record Friday, of course. Yes. After Thursday, getting postponed to the Colts game. Saints actually play this Thursday, speaking of that. And even oh. though they're terrible, I'm still going to watch You it. have to. You have to. But um, Friday. You know, like you're like, if it didn't take it, you know, I didn't take any turns. And right after that, you know, a guy sends me a text message. The problem is why I kind of had to go. It's because he's one of these friends I always give crap to because no matter how he's got a kid, (laughs) you know, he's married with a kid and he's like really into like moving up in his law firm and 
takes on all the activities that they have, you know. Plus, he goes out of town to, like, Houston on law firm trips and shit all the time. You know, he's all active with the summer associate scene. But I always, I give a crap because I ask him a lot of times to do stuff. You know, maybe not a lot of times, but a few times. And usually, for whatever reason, he can't. So when he asked me the other night, I kind of had to say I could because, A, I did want to hang out with the guy. But the other side of it is, well, I can keep bitching as long as I'm available to hang out when he asked me to do stuff. Right, right, <laughs> right. See, growing- In this tally that I only is in my head, he's probably not even thinking about <laughs> Which is so funny because growing up, I was a, uh, and even now, but especially growing up, I was a golden rule kid, you know? So I never gave anybody shit about anything because I didn't like it when it came back on me. Yeah. Like, I'm like, can't we just all get along? And, and, and I like to do that thing. So please don't make fun of me for doing that thing. It was, I was a real pussy. When yeah, you boil yeah. it down, I was a real pussy. But uh, I just thought it was a better place when people, um, you know, got along like that. Until I, So then that's great when you're a little kid. But then eventually you, you grow up and go to college <laughs> and you yeah. make friends, right? So um, I, I still tried to abide by that. You know, playing Sega, playing basketball, whatever. Like I tried not to talk shit. I tried not to give anybody uh, any of the business or whatever. Until one time, I was playing Laughlin in uh, Tecmo Bowl, and I was up, you know, two or three touchdowns or, or, or whatever it was, and so I started trash talking. Well, wouldn't you know it, the fucker came back, he beat me, I look like a total jack-off. Yep. And from that point on, I'm like, life is better when I don't give people shit <laughs> for that exact reason, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't have to go out. And, and and make that you know that uh, that social call just to keep hand. Yeah. You know, as George Costanza would say. Well, like when I was little, you know, like my brother and I, we had a hoop in the backyard, you know, and we used to play one on one all the time. And I used to never talk shit uh-huh. at all. Even when I won, I would stay silent because you know we had a bitter sibling rivalry. Right. Plus, he was two years, nineteen months older than me, and he was really cruel. <laughs> but the reason I didn't talk shit was because that pissed him off even more. That if I seemed like I didn't even care that I was beating him. Okay. All right. <laughs> you know, I was like, I can't say anything. I can't let him know I'm enjoying it. You know. Right. right. Because because it, I, he's. Because he would yell at me. He's like, you don't even care. (laughs) I'd have to be stoic the whole time. Right. You know, I mean, it was this whole weird thing. It was like, well, it's like, yeah, I'm really happy that I'm beating him. But if he thinks I don't even care, it pisses him off even more. (laughs) But I really did care. It's just that I wasn't going to, you know, I didn't want to open it up to that shit, you know. Right. And also it was like, it was all mental, you know. It was just crazy ass mental sibling rivalry bullshit, but but also growing up like as a fan of the Saints and stuff like that, I was always taught the lesson to never be too proud too early, right? You know because like your story about playing Madden or whatever, you know the the minute you get cocky, that's the minute you 
give up the biggest lead ever in the fourth quarter or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's growing up waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes, it's like I grew up rooting for teams where the other shoe drops, you know? (laughs) It's it's funny. My dad's in, uh, in South Korea. And, um, I mean, I guess they have the internet and stuff in South Korea, but for some reason <laughs> I, felt, I felt the need to, to keep him posted on, on cult comings and goings, especially with the Andrew Luck stuff. Yeah. And, um, and we had this conversation the other day. Uh, I said, Hey, Luck is out. He's got a, maybe a partially turn, torn, separated shoulder, blah, blah, blah. And I said, he's definitely out. It's been a long time. Uh, since a season has been this frustrating. And I said, quote, Colts fans have been spoiled for the past 15 years, unquote. Things I never thought I'd say when I was 10. (laughs) Yeah. You know, because the Colts were just a horrible team. Um, My dad writes back, hey, the punter's good. To which I respond, things I did say when I was 10. Because when you have a bad football team, your, uh, your punting game tends to be exceptional. Yep, of course. I mean, look at Syracuse. You know, exactly. How good, how good is Riley Dixon? <laughs> Even yesterday, he uh, he friggin' ran another fake field goal, for converted another fake field goal for a first down, and he was putting out of his mind. He's the ha- best damn player on our team, and it's friggin' pathetic. <laughs> Hashtag Riley Dixon for Heisman. Yeah. Um, Maybe he'll be up there with Fortnite. I'll tell you, that was a uh, that was a frustrating game yesterday. Uh, dude, you know what? And like my buddy Brown, Ryan Brown, that he left Syracuse after sophomore year, but he yeah. follows. I mean, he calls me during the game. You know, it was when we were down by. He calls me when we were down by two touchdowns after being down by three, and then we got the fumble and turned it into a one touchdown game. Right. You right. know where it looked like. Well, maybe we will come back. Like thirty-one twenty-four. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then he's. And I'm like, we got to get off the phone because he's a couple of seconds ahead of me and it was really annoying me. Right. You know, the feed, whatever feed he gets, because that happened one other time. You know, he's slightly ahead of me, you know? Right. And it was annoying me. But then he's texting me later. He's like, this team has way more talent than us. It's like, well, the fact that a not even a low-level American conference team has more talent than us means we're in real trouble. Yeah. You know, it's like, and they were faster than us, and our guys can't tackle. You know, I'm like, why don't we just, I don't know, man. It's like, why don't we just go recruit a bunch of fast guys that don't even play football <laughs> or something? Because that would probably be just as good as what we're putting out there right now. Yeah, and that's the problem is because even a even a middling uh, American conference team like South Florida is still getting – you know, three-star guys from Florida. Yeah. You know, and we're getting no three-star guys from Florida. And three-star guys from Florida are pretty good. Yep. And they have a – and that was their second win of, the, win of the season yesterday. They're two and three. It's not like we were playing a team who, like, has a good record. No, no, you know? no. That was, a, that was a winnable game. Yes. And they're running all over us, gashing us. Like, we were totally, like, like – our team was inconvenienced. You know, that they even had to be out there. Like, seriously? You know, it was awful. Scampering unmolested across yes. the football Oh, field. it was one play. It was when we had, we were down by a touchdown. We were getting, and we could get the ball back. It was third and 14 or something ridiculous. 
They throw the ball to the guy about four yards downfield, and he proceeds to break a bunch of tackles and get the first down. And, of course, they end up scoring. You know? It was like... Didn't we also take a personal foul penalty at some point? Yeah, and you know what? I think it was a bad call, but the kid who was a freshman was an idiot for even allowing them to make that call. Right. You know, like he kept just running and he kind of accidentally hit the guy and the guy flopped pretty hard and they threw the penalty, you know? It wasn't like he didn't even like go to push him. Like he just ran into him. You know, because they were just converging towards the ball, which was thrown out of bounds. Yeah. See, I listened to the game on the radio. I listened to the radio feed. And, um, of course, you're going to get a homer take on that. And even the radio guys were like, that's a bad call, but you can't you can't give them the chance yeah. to make and, that call. And he owned it. The kid owned it. He's a freshman. He owned it. And after the game, he's like, yeah, I fucked up. He even tweeted out, uh, I apologize. I fucked up. You know, they didn't make any excuses because even though it was a bullshit call, you put them, you allowed them to make that bullshit call. Right. You know, and what happened? I mean, there's bad officiating everywhere. And the college officiating, even at the top level of college football, is horrible. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. You know? So, like, the college officials are really bad. Like, they're way more inclined to call complete bullshit, you know? Some of the stuff I saw yesterday in other games, it's just like, I don't know. There's that much, there's such a dearth of quality officials out there right now. You know? Yeah, I think that's... For the last couple of years, that's become a problem. Even going back to when I worked in the uh, worked at the NEC, um, yeah, there there was a push to get former athletes into officiating because there was a decline in not only the the quality of officials but the number of yeah. officials. Um, so that's going back ten or. 10, well, 10 and the so problem is, is you need to you need to go up through the levels, you know. Right, right. Like these guys, um, you know, guys that are even in the NFL start doing like years ago. They start doing like Pop Warner, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you got to work your way all the way up there. You know, maybe you don't have to do Pop Warner, but you're probably doing high school JV. You know. Yeah, and the problem, like anything, all that is. It's politics, you know? Yep. And it takes years to get there. Yeah. And they have lots of old, incompetent dudes. <laughs> and the problem is they... What really angers me, though, is like when you watch a game and the broadcasters, you know, they have no problem criticizing college kids for doing stuff, but they never want to criticize the officials. Right. You know, that kills me. It's like... All right, you know a bad call when you see one. Why are you so eager to take it out on a college kid for being stupid, but they never want to take it out on the officials? Why do they get a free pass? You know, they're part of the game. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a, uh, that's a good point. I don't know uh, of anything, uh, of anybody involved in a game. I mean, the officials are, are they're neutral. 
Yeah. So a criticism on a on a neutral arbiter is, you know, it should be should be received well because, you know, you're you're giving an honest assessment of his performance, not shaded by homerism. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like if anything, yeah, like the guys did the game yesterday for ESPN or CBS Sportsnet. That's who it was. They. Sh- the 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 analyst guy should be commentating on the officials if he thinks it's a bad call. But you see these guys and they never want to criticize the officials. They'll criticize the coach. They'll criticize the players. It's like they're all part of the game. Everybody's not perfect, you know. You know what I've noticed though uh, a little bit is the um, th- the average uh, analyst doesn't know the rules. Oh no, they're. And the problem is they broadcast base every game's broadcast now. So there are too many guys doing games. And they're rolling in the night before. Yeah. They're meeting their broadcast partner twenty minutes, a half an hour before the oh. ESPN U or, you know, CBS Sports yep. Net game. And they're going off of a of a you know, a roster and a and a graduate assistant or a student spotter. Yep. And Yesterday they're just kinda winging it. I was watching in the morning. There was Tulane versus Temple in Philadelphia. And be, during the week, Tulane announced that the guy who normally punts for him wouldn't be starting. They'd be playing another punter because their regular punter had been screwing up. The guys during the game, multiple times, were like, and we don't know why the normal punter isn't playing. Like, it's just total lack of preparation. Yeah. Like, you didn't even read, like, a press kit. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because all that stuff would be in there. Yeah. Right. And it's like, man, these guys just showed up and called the game. <laughs> and they kept screwing up guys' names on the team and stuff. That's so funny. I was doing um I was doing a little research for um uh for Hilltop, the the guy who does the ALS walks. Yeah. So I started helping him do some social media and um, put up a, uh, a throwback Thursday photo of him at the Carrier Dome in 2010. Now, that's before, like, 100% of the games are available streaming. I, it yeah. might have been ESPNU, but still, it was a select, um, it was a select schedule. That yeah. you could get on ESPNU back then, and um, even then. So, in addition to the where I took the picture from was a video that Newhouse ran, um, like a behind the scenes. This is what it's like to be a broadcaster. And they interviewed him, and they interviewed uh, Deron Sherry. Remember him from? Uh, yeah, he played for the, the Chiefs and the Pats. Yeah, I just remember him really as a Chief because I okay. think that's where he made his name, the um, defensive back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so they, um, they're interviewing these guys. How do you break into the business and whatever? And, uh, and the guy's like, hey, I just met him 20 minutes ago. You know, it's, it's a couple yep. hours before game time, but still. He's like, you know, we're, we, we just come here. Here's what we do, you know. And it's kind of it's a good behind-the-scenes look. But still, that's six years ago. Yep. Five years ago that they're, that yeah. they're just throwing these teams together. Now, like you said, every single game is telecast. Monmouth University telecasts every single one of their football games on ESPNU. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Yes, even 
what's Monmouth? They're FCS. Yep. You know, it's crazy. Even even FCS games are all televised. They're FCS non-scholarship. Yeah, it's even crazy. Or partial scholarship or, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, also, like, 20 years ago, you had, like, 105 D1A teams. Now there's, like, 130 of them. Right. Or something like that. So every one of those games is broadcast. You know, it's just, I don't know, man. Like, 20 years ago, there used to be a lot of guys not knowing what they were talking about. And there was only a few games that were broadcast every weekend, you know? <laughs> right, right. It just, uh, I don't know. So yesterday was very, uh, yeah, Corey Chavis was doing the game yesterday. And he might normally be with Dave Ryan because Dave Ryan is a regular announcer. And that was CBSSports.net. You right. know, I don't know. But the guys that were doing that two-line game, they must have just been thrown together. And they must have just been like, you're going to go call this game today. You know, it was on ESPNU. They had no clue who it was. The guy, I have no clue who who was the the commentator, the analyst, the color guy, whatever, the other dude, the, the former player. Right. But apparently he had played football for UMass. Like, I'm like, this guy's pretty low in the totem pole if, he's <laughs> a, if that's his credentials. He played football running back for UMass years ago. Right. You know? <laughs> <Like>, right. <laughs> Like it's not like he even he didn't play for any like powerhouse, much less a Division One A team, you know? Because I'm sure he was there before they moved up to FBS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh man, the only solace I take from yesterday was the fact that two of our peer institutions' games were way more miserable than ours. <laughs> Boston College lost three to nothing to Wake Forest <laughs> at home. They, they tried to run the ball in from, like, the two or one-yard line on the last play of the game, and the clock ran out on them because <laughs> they didn't get in, you know? Right. Had they, you know, so that's funny because there are people out there, um, particular a Sports Illustrated columnist who I believe thinks that Boston College is a pretty good program on the, on, on the up. On the upswing. Okay. You know? So I find that humorous because Boston College sucks. You know? So like all those people that probably wish we would have hired Steve Adazio instead of Scott Schaefer, don't worry about that. That team can't even score points. <laughs> but more important, which was way worse, and I don't know if you saw this that happened late last night. I only saw it and did spend late last night because I didn't watch the game. Rutgers had Michigan State at home, and they were in a slugfest with them. They they were tied, <laughs> and then Michigan State was up by a touchdown, but Rutgers had the ball, you know, and they were down by a touchdown, very end of the game, that third and ten. The quarterback goes back and gets sacked. Well, they need to go and basically try to throw a Hail Mary at that point. You know what they did? What did they do? They spiked the ball <laughs> on fourth down. <laughs> oh, go Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers, they're they're in a fight with the fourth ranked team in the country. And yes, they're probably not gonna win, but they have a chance to throw like they were close enough to the field that he definitely they were far enough down the field that he definitely would have got it in the end zone. I think they were on the other side, you know, they were on Michigan State side of the field, you know? And, uh, right. And uh, and they get up to the line and they spike it. <laughs> <laughs> the old Jersey try. 
Yeah, on fourth down. So it's like those are pure institutions and whatever, as terrible as our game was, I would have been way more frustrated to see the team score zero points and lose to a team that was only able to score a field goal. (laughs) (laughs) Or a team that played it so close and you were hanging on and you don't even get your chance because you spike it on fourth down. (laughs) Um, so a couple things about those. I um I went to go see BC's record. So I went to the BC website. Yes. They have a win at Maine. They have a win at Howard. Now yeah. it says they beat and Howard they seventy those teams seventy six to nothing. Then they lost to Florida State. They only lost fourteen nothing. Then they beat Northern Illinois seventeen to fourteen, and then they lost to Duke seven to nine, nine to seven. Yeah, but now, look at the consistency. Once they played teams in division and FBS, they can't uh, score. They can't points. score. But I look at the Wake Forest score, and it says Wake Forest. The Wake Forest game is at Chestnut Hill, and it's a twenty-four to three win. And I'm like, well, live. What maybe? Maybe you're mistaken, or maybe you saw something bad. But you click on the box score, and it's got the Wake Forest logo, and it's got the Syracuse logo, but the box score is from the main You mean the BC logo. I'm sorry, the BC logo. But the the box score is actually from their main game, the first game of the season. Yeah, I guess they don't want to admit it. So they can't even get it right. And the the Rutgers thing, I saw that replay while waiting in line for um, for a bagel this morning, and I'm like... They're like, uh, I forget what the headline was. Rutgers blows it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? I was on the local news. Yeah. How yeah. could they blow it? They played Michigan State. Like, how could they tell, How could they blow it? And then I'm watching. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no. It's fourth down. He's not going to. He's not going to. I'm like, he spiked the ball. And <laughs> like the coaches on the sideline are just kind of like, oh, man, he spiked the ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm like, man. what was the. What was that conversation like? And this is how it goes in Jersey. Like, hey, let's um, let's beat the trial. Let's get out of here. You know, and the you know thing stadium is, traffic sucks. Uh, and, and, and like about BC, this is how bad Wake Forest is. Wake Forest had the ball with like a minute left in the game. And they fumbled it deep in their own territory when they're obviously just trying to run the clock. Right, right. You know? It's like Wake Forest literally tried to give the game to BC. And BC, (laughs) instead of just like kicking, thinking to themselves, well, we're probably better than Wake Forest. We might as well try for overtime. They try to run the ball in. Because when you think like, well, yeah, you could probably beat BC. You could probably beat Wake Forest in overtime. They suck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm Uh. looking, because I think there was a couple of missed Field goals. Yeah, a guy for BC missed two field goals. Maybe that's why they didn't want to do it. And the guy for Wake Forest missed one. Total field good field goal numbers between both teams, one of four. <laughs> They're just not a good football team, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, they they might have a decent defense, but they have a, ter- a worse offense. Yeah, seven points against... Well, is it, what's Northern Illinois? They uh, they're in the MAC. Okay, so twenty-four total points against FBS schools in four yeah. games. I mean, they are friggin' terrible. Yeah. Uh, you know who wasn't terrible? Who's that? Syracuse Orange. 
against the LSU Tigers. Eh, we weren't great. The more I look at it, even though it did feel good, all those freaking stupid penalties by LSU definitely helped us hang around. Yeah, true, but I, I think... Particularly I think, on that 89-yard touchdown run by Fournette. <laughs> he would have had 320-something yards had they not... <laughs> well, that's true. And he Sturridge did put up... played them tighter than they should have. He yes. put up 200 yards, but I thought, I thought we put up a, a pretty valiant effort. Watching the game, being at the game... It wasn't one of those games where the final score wasn't indicative of of the actual game. Yeah. I, I thought it was indicative of the of the game. I mean, Syracuse put up a good effort. Problem with Syracuse, this is the thing. Everybody's thinking, well, you know, oh, that's the effort they can put up. Let's see how they do this week. They had a bye week and everything before their first road game. Right. They come out and lay an egg. Oh, well, we're going to be back to 20,000 people in the Dome next week or whenever the next home game is, which is actually, I think, a few weeks away. Yeah, they're, they're out until, like, November or something. Yeah, I think they play Virginia next week, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they had one game in the next 48 days after the L- – one home game in the next 48 days after the LSU game. So it's – oh, well, there you go. It's like if they don't – they need to win next week, you know? Like people were like, oh, actually, they they might not be so shitty. Maybe it's nice coming out here. All that was thrown out of the window yesterday. <laughs> that is true, but all the goodwill. That weekend had the the opportunity to just be like a total disappointment. I I could have seen going into there and and wanting to leave at halftime because it was such an embarrassment. You know yeah. what I mean? And it wasn't. It, it, yeah. it wasn't. Everything, but the thing is, we're watching it through the lens of every Syracuse fan. You know, oh, we should get blown out. So then you're pleasantly surprised because we weren't completely blown out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? I'm happy living in that universe. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm happy living in that universe. Yeah. That okay by me, man. I know. It's just, and then there's little things, you know, like, very Syracusean things. Like apparently, you know, they had, they had a trick play called at the end of the first there, and fortunately the guy bob- bobbled the snap, you know? Yeah. Which fu- which is why they didn't run the trick play. But it's like, all right, we'll be seven to six. We got a chip shot field goal. Of course, the motherfucker misses it. Right. You know, but whatever. We played him closer, you know, even though LSU played awful. But of course they were going to play awful because that's the less miles MO. Right, but um, but Syracuse did play, you know. They kept fighting, you know. But you watch that, and it's like, and then they come out yesterday, and it's just like nobody wants to tackle, you know. It's just, it was just pathetic, you know. The blocking was awful. Like it was, it was, and they were acting like they were shocked that it was hot in Florida. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know. As far as I know, it's. Similar to the conditions in the Carrier Dome. <laughs> you know, I mean, for everything I hear, like playing a game in a Carrier Dome in August and September is miserable. Yeah. You know, it's humid and nasty. Yeah. But no, we go out there and act like we've never been outside before, you know? <laughs> oh. oh, God, it was just... And then the way they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, man, that was, that was just, that was just miserable. 
Yeah. But um, let's talk a little bit about uh, about our trip. Last week was good. Or two weeks ago. Two weeks. It was two weeks ago already. Yeah. Hard hard to believe, believe. man. Time flies, dude. Yeah, it sucks. What? um, I'm interested to to hear what uh, what Jordan thought about the trip because he uh, that's that's like an outsider's view of of what we take for granted in terms of you know of experiencing you know game day experiencing um, Fagan's experiencing you know just kind of the the hill yeah I mean he seemed to have a good time but we'd have to get his word on it uh, you know straight from his mouth you know yeah 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 so i don't think he'll be too enamored with fagans because it was completely dead the whole weekend (laughs) well so i was at roscoe which was kind of disappointing roscoe came back into in into town he'd kind of been gone all month and yeah um yeah he uh he and i were sitting outside having a uh a little chat um and i was trying to piece the 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 weekend together we um we went up Thursday to the Poconos. Your first time in the Poconos, right? Yes. Jordan's first time in the Poconos. Yeah, I mean, Jordan, I don't even think he had heard of the Poconos. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't head up there very much. That's um, like the f- maybe the third or fourth time that I'd been up there without like a huge family function, like thanksgiving so every year we go to to poconos for thanksgiving that's kind of the only time i go up my brother josh goes up two or three times a year to bring his kids to like the water park or the kalahari slopes. no no the uh oh like there's an actual water park where regular people can just go and they don't have to drop a bunch of money on a hotel room in lake harmony was where we stayed yeah yeah, yeah. there's a there's like a hotel and a, a resort that you can go to Okay. So that's where they go. But same deal. It's like a big water park. Indoor. Okay, cool. Like slides and whatnot. So they go up a couple times a year. Um, my sister goes up a couple times a year to go skiing or hang out for her birthday or whatever. Um, and I typically don't go, you know, just to, to get away. But it was nice. It was nice. The weather was really, really awesome. And it really breaks up that ride, man. Yeah, that five-hour ride. That five-hour ride. <laughs> I'm all down with that because I hate traveling more than 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, in my mind, I come from a, I come from a, a nomadic people. Like, we'd go 30 minutes to go to the mall. Like, the movie theater was, uh, you know, 25 minutes away. Like, nothing was in Jackson growing up. We got in a car and traveled everywhere every day we went 45 minutes to the beach because that's where my grandparents you know were when i was a little kid so like i kind of almost feel like a pussy having to break that drive up yeah because it's totally doable well of course you You leave it you leave at lunch you're there by dinner yeah but it still sucks it's not a nice fun awesome experience i'd rather be doing something else for five hours yeah, 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 of course. So um, I think any time I go up there now, which will probably be few and far between at this point, uh, I'm going to break it up with a little Poconos action. I 
I'd be all down for that if I were you because it's it's nice. It's peaceful up there, you know. You get the, get a little solitude. Yeah. You know, yeah. We, we had a little piggy's to, uh, breakfast. Yeah, the piggy. Yeah. What's it called? Piggies. Piggies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And where did we go eat the night before? Uh, Nick's Lake yeah. House Tavern. Nick's Lake House, you know, you get a nice little view of Lake Harmony right there. A little pizza and wings. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was cool. Plus, like, you know, the next day, you know, it was like 9 in the morning, and it was like 60 degrees. It was great. I was hanging yeah. out on the deck, you know. Yeah, it changes it up a little bit, you know? Like, yep. you get a little... It's. It, it, I don't know. To me, it felt like it. the weekend was layered. Yeah, yeah, and I do think that Jordan definitely appreciated that because he saw something he wouldn't have seen otherwise. And I know Friday night he must have been loving it because when we went to Chuck's, like he wanted to go there because he wanted to be, you know, right? You know, you, you're coming up somewhere. You want to, you want to be where the action is, you right? Know? You want to experience the, the yeah. local flavor. And then, yeah. <laughs> And then Becky was in there hooking us up, slinging us drinks. You know, it was a good time. Yeah, that was funny. I just, uh, I, I was trying to explain uh, that the series of events, how it went down on Friday, and went to Dino and and got some food. And I said to Roscoe, "Yeah, I don't know. We were sitting in Fagan's, and and Lexi uh, had come up, and uh, we were sitting drinking at the bar, and this chick comes up." And she was like, oh, hey, what are you hanging out with these losers for? <laughs> <laughs> and she and uh, Roscoe was like, did she have uh, huge bombs? And I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. He's like, that's Becky. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, she didn't press me. And, um, you know, I just had no time for that, that kind of attitude. I go, but... Um, I don't know, Living Jordan seemed to appreciate her because they wanted to go to Chuck's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it was the whole idea of just, because I really didn't care about her that much. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. You know, being like in the mix, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. But, um, like, was it, I, to be honest, I, I didn't even think or even desire to inquire. Like, what was it, busy? Was it a busy oh, night over there on Friday? It was popping over there. Yeah? Yeah, like it was like, it was more of a college bar than, than I remember college bars being in when I was at Syracuse. Because A, it was spacious. Which, yeah, so wait. college bars weren't when I was there. Some people don't even, may not even realize what what we're talking about. It's not the old Hungry Charlie Chucks experience that we remember from being up there as the 18 and older uh, beer joint that you'd walk yeah. down the stairs and Doug Trebu would be spinning tunes. Same same bar, same, I don't know if the same owners, but like same logo, same yep. deal, but it moved. It moved upstairs and now it's a 21 and over only. Okay, have you been in there yet? I have. I have a couple okay, times. Okay, yeah, it's got graffiti all over the walls. Like it looks like the college bar from a movie. Right. You know, it's there's lots of room to move around. <laughs> the underwear does underwear hang from the rafters, or did I make probably, that up? Probably, probably. And you know, the other day, my buddy sent me a another one of these lists that they do. You know, all these best college this, best college that. It was best college burgers, and apparently, 
Char Hungry Chucks is one of the best college burgers in the country. Oh, I'd heard that they do have good food. Yeah, now I'm wishing I would have ordered a burger when I was there. Was it, could you have actually sat and eat, ate a burger? Uh, when we got there, you probably could have found some room. Yeah, we okay. did have a spot at the bar at one point, you know, right when we got there. Yeah. But it, but it really filled up. You know, it was, it was busy, but then it really filled up after we got in there. Um, but the problem was that night, you know, I, I have this raspy voice. It's all because I have nodules on my vocal cords, you know, okay. which I've had since I was like 10 or 11, you know? Right. So being there drinking and then on top of it being a loud bar and talking to people, having to like talk loud so that you can hear me because the music's so jacked up. Next day, hell, for the next five days, I could barely talk. Yeah, yeah, you were in rough uh, vocal uh Yeah, vocal so, shape. so Saturday was rough, and then having to get up there and go to the game on top of it, you know, um, was was pretty rough. But then you remember that night we went out, and we didn't know what we were going to do after we were at Tully's. Yeah. And Lexi's like, let's go to Ch- Chuck's, let's go to Chuck's. And we go out there, and there's a line. And at first, Lexi and whomever, because we were all kind of staggering, are in line. Uh, and we get there, I'm like, uh, are we actually going to stand in line to get into a college bar? <laughs> 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 and we were all like, no, fuck that. And we turned around and walked across the street to Vegas. Yeah, which we were one of 12 people in. Yes. In there. I will say this much. It was funny. I was explaining stuff to Jordan about... Syracuse before we got there I was like you know what's really weird is they really love country music up there (laughs) I'm like it's fucking odd I don't get it I was like maybe it's just because it's the same people that would have populated Appalachia it's just that they ended up in a industrial city you know right right (laughs) I was like I don't know but I mean I guess it's the same type of people so that night guys driving around just blaring country music and then we go into fagans and they're playing country music you know and fagans the whole time we're there right and jordan right. says to me one point he's like man you're right they really love country music here <laughs> <laughs> but then he's like the other thing is all these people drink a shitload of vodka because he's talking about the drink like guy was drinking vodka you yeah, know, yeah whomever he's like He's like, everybody here just loves country music and drinks vodka. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I guess. I was like, I guess uh, it would make sense, the vodka thing, you know? (laughs) People here. (laughs) It's It's like Russia. (laughs) Yeah, it's like Siberia. Yes, it's a rough climate. People drink heavily. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, God. So that was his take on Syracuse, that people love country music and vodka. I would say the highlight of the visit for me, although Dino was was good. um, I've had Dino. um, I've had Dino. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you you understand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had Dino recently, so like... And, like, barbecue joints are barbecue joints. You've had really good barbecue in the last 10 years, you know? And I know there's yes. something about going to Dino. But I would say the highlight of the of the weekend for me was uh, 
was running into John Dulles. Yep, yep. That was that was uh, pretty awesome. John Dulles, uh, good old John Dulles. He's a he. It was really cool seeing him. I didn't expect that. I, I think people have varying degrees of relationship with him whether you've worked for him a long time or whether you're a student there or whatnot and, and it's a mixed bag from what i gather um but i've also noticed that the the more you're down on him the bigger douche you are you know what yeah, i mean i will say this about about john dallas he knew who i was I went to meet with him once just to see if I could get like a dollar more. But at that point, you know, that's when Klaus and I used to not have the best relationship. Because for some reason, right away, right when I started working there, Klaus didn't like me for whatever reason. All right. Like he kind of had a problem with me from the start. And then there was this asshole who I was friends with from like freshman year that was in there with me one night. And Klaus was working and the kid was being a dick and Klaus literally bounced him out on his ear. So Klaus really had an issue with me, you know? Right. For a bit, you know? So eventually Klaus and I became buddies. You know, there's no two ways about that. You know, like, but at one point he was like poisoning the well, which I really thought was hypocritical at the time. (laughs) You know, telling John Dellis that I had a drinking problem, you know? Right. Like, which I remember just thinking, how does that motherfucker have the nerve? (laughs) Right. So I remember I went to talk to to John just about getting a little more money, you know? And uh, and he's like, well, that would be great. But, you know, from what I hear is, you know, you know, uh, Klaus said you got a problem with the booze. (laughs) He's like, I think you got to crawl before you walk. You know, uh-huh. so prove to me whatever, you know, and then maybe we can talk about it. I was up in his office. I was like, all right, whatever. But I, I didn't hold anything against him. You know, it's not like it was, you know, I mean, he was gone by whatever. He right. Was so he was getting some I never intel. held any animosity against Mr. Dellis for that. Right. You know? Right. And he was perfect. And, you know, and like I say, that became a friggin' blip in the radar because. Klaus and I became very close by the time I graduated, you know? Right, right. It was just, I don't know. You know, sometimes you don't hit it off with people right away for whatever reason. Yep. You know, and stuff gets better over time, and that's what happened, you know? Right. Which is funny, because Klaus is such a divisive personality to begin with. Yeah. You know, that he goes on the offensive yeah, and like similar Higgins, things. Patrick Higgins, I remember he used to take note of it. He's like, man, he really doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once, it was very early on, it was like after hours, and I something came up and I spouted off an answer or some kind of exposition of my knowledge, trivial knowledge or whatever. Right. And Klaus says, how can someone so smart be so dumb? <laughs> like something <laughs> to me. <laughs> and Higgins was like, man. <laughs> See, Klaus and I had a Jersey connection. And when he, when I was up there, he was the day bartender. He wasn't even a yeah. night bartender at all. So uh, he and I got to be friendly on um, like real casual terms. Yeah. Like on Thursday afternoons or something, I'd go in there after class or, or whatnot, and we struck it up, 
being from Jersey and the whole deal. Um, but that if he was around, that trip that trip would have been that much better. Yeah, I mean, he just we just we just had a couple of bad. It was just a bad foot, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. So, I mean, but like also, you said, you guys. What's you that? Know, like you said, you guys. Um, you know, became really chummy. And if he was still up there now, he would have definitely come out for a. Oh, he would have been. And Klaus is we we exchange Facebook. Like today, I I uh, during the Saints game, I put the Saints should just stay in Philly. Klaus reacted. Sorry, Matt, Mom, Mom. <laughs> like he says, he spells it like he says it. I right. thought your ain'ts would help me out today. Go Giants. Uh, right. And I responded. I'm like, they're a lost cause. I think we need to start praying to St. Jude. And there, Klaus responded again. Pray it never hurts, my old friend. You know. <laughs> and then when I put up pictures like of, uh, what was it, Pete and Eldis. Yeah, okay, yeah. And Klaus, like, comment. He's like, oh, man, I'm glad to see you enjoy my hometown. You know how many times I've been there? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I love Mark Klaus. But it was a rocky relationship to begin. Yeah. But uh, but nothing for nothing. Let's get back to old John Della. Yeah. So I, he's always uh, been not only cordial but like enthusiastic anytime that I'd run into him. And and what's it's not a super amount over the last ten years. Maybe you know every trip and a half. I'd see him, so maybe you know I've seen him five or six times, uh, you know, in that period that, that we've kind of talked about, you know, that you yeah. haven't been back or whatever, and there's been no tie uh, to really anybody up there, and um, like he didn't disappoint again, man. You know, came right over, um, you know, gave a big hello, was chatting for a while, and at that point. Um, you know, you were off kind of doing something, but I knew that you wanted to at least, uh, you know, say hello. And I wasn't sure of your relationship with him. I don't, See, I, didn't, I still have the intimidation of him. I mean, I had no problem with him, but just the classic intimidation of he was the boss man. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. That's so <laughs> like funny. I just never, I never had. Is he even going to remember me? <laughs> you know what's funny is I never had that kind of, of relationship or or interaction with him because the first time I met him was uh, homecoming and um, they, him and Jerry might have had a couple cocktails or, or, or so. And uh, somebody pulled me in front of them to do a top 10 list. They're yeah, like, Oh, yeah. you got to hear it. Cause I would just scribble these top 10 lists at after hours. I didn't even work there. Yeah, you know? yeah. And uh, there were a bunch of those older guys like Jimbo and, and uh, chief, Sv- Chiefs, Ven, like a whole bunch of dudes Yule. who Yule, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I just think I didn't even think of that guy in years. <laughs> old school guys, yeah. old school guys, you know. And yep. so I'd write these, you know, top ten lists. They'd be like, "Do a top ten list, do a top ten list." And then it was funny at four o'clock in the morning after a ton of, you know, Southern Comfort shots, but. That's my introduction to John and Jerry Dallas is yeah. being drunk at homecoming and doing a top ten list for them. So like it it got um what's the word I'm looking for? De uh, it's not desensitized, but yeah, maybe I was a little desensitized. Like we were on even footing. Yeah, because you 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 were on terms with them socially before you were on terms with them as an employer. Anything, right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a different setting yeah 
And um, what, I, what I forget also is that I I officiated guys' wedding. So people have an experience with me that I don't necessarily have with them. So John and Jerry Dellis were at guys' wedding. Yeah. You know, they see me in a different light. So they're making their own perceptions and they're cataloging their own experience with me that I'm not even interacting with. So it's yeah. something they might be thinking about. And then, yeah, I mean, like when I was also when I was there, one other time I remember ever interacting with John Tellis, but I really didn't interact with him because, but I happened to be there. Uh, this is when Guy was going through kind of a rough patch. Okay. <laughs> okay. They walk, John Dallas walked in at about seven or eight in the morning, and we were still at the bar. <laughs> I've heard this story before. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard this story before. Yeah, and John was just like, God, you know, it's just like, you know, and, and I remember, I do remember, I really didn't even want to be there still, but it was like, you know. You know how that goes. That was in the heyday of are there aliens or aren't there aliens? <laughs> oh, yeah, big fight. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, but, you know, it was. Guy was going through kind of a rough patch at the time. <laughs> you know? Weren't we all? Yeah, we which all? is why we were still there to that time in the morning. And I think after that, I think, you know, obviously there was a talking to or whatnot. Right. <laughs> right. I remember being like, oh, I was a party to that. But it was one of those things where you didn't want to be there. Yeah. But, like, you know, guy's pretty persuasive when you're – I remember during that same time frame, gone from Fagan's to a golf course with him, to golf. (laughs) (laughs) Guy was totally out of his mind, and we went to, like, Drumlin's. Right, right. (laughs) And I I don't think I had ever golfed in my life before that day. (laughs) It was like, all right, you know – you know how persistent guy is when he when he's like that, you know? Sure. And you're like, this isn't a good idea, but you don't want to see him make any bad decisions on his own. Right. <laughs> right. So you're just following along with him to make sure nothing bad happens. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> like of anybody who can't make sure that somebody else makes bad decisions, it's fill in the blank. It's you in that instance. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would rather have an eight-year-old riding shotgun than (laughs) you in that instance. (laughs) Yeah. I remember just being out there just like, oh, man, can we go home now? (laughs) (laughs) You know how miserable it was to be Uh, drunk and still awake on a golf course at eight in the morning? (laughs) Listen, I lived in Curacao for three years. I know exactly how miserable it is. (laughs) <laughs> to be yeah. on a, to be on a golf course or a beach or a, uh, a boat or whatever it is uh, at eight in the morning. But um, so, so one good thing we, about the what's that? I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say. So we had a nice chat. I think that was a high point of. Uh, yeah, I mean, plus, like, I got my opportunity to ask them if they had any of those art of choosing oh, posters. Oh, and left. you got you got your art of choosing poster. <laughs> I was despite. like, oh, perfect. And then he was like, we can mail it to you. I was like. And then I'm like, how's that going to happen? Which is why we came in after the game. I said, the guy, he's like, thanks for putting me on the spot. <laughs> I was like, since this is the last time you'll ever be here. <laughs> right. Take that, Adam Shine's mother. <laughs> yes, I know. And uh, apparently Brian had framed a Fagan's Art of Choosing poster and hung it up down in the, uh, in the downstairs of Poorhouse, which came 
which I came to find out by uh, Scott Isaacs. Do you remember him? He was a DJ when I graduated. Mm, no. He's a good guy. He He's like a producer for like, was it Channel 5 in Boston, sports producer? Okay. You know, uh, and he, he's always at Fagan's, you know, because, you know, Fagan, I mean, Fagan. Uh, Poorhouse, because Poorhouse is the SU bar. Yes, okay. You know, so he had a picture there last night because he's, like, trying to make it. He was, like, trying to make it the Mets bar, blah, 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 but a nice touch. And he and he posted a picture on Twitter of the Fagans uh, friggin' um, poster framed in there. And I asked Brian about it this morning, you know. Brian was saying that there was a girl that worked there who – went to Syracuse or whatever. He told her to bring back some, like, a souvenir from Fagan's. He was expecting to get a matchbook or something, but she brought back that poster. So he framed – he has one already. Right. You know? So right. he framed it and put it up there in the bar. And I told him, I was like, yeah, a guy was lamenting to us about how he gave away the last original poster to Adam Shine's mom when, the <laughs> kid, when he got married. <laughs> Brian's response was just, ha, ha, ha. You know, but, right? But I know Guy was even kind of annoyed by it because he's like, "Yeah, what you have is a copy. It's the same thing I have." Right? You know, he's like, "I gave away the last original to her." <laughs> uh, but I'm glad I have it. I just need to go get it framed when I decide I want to go drop a hundred something dollars on a frame. Right, right, right. That's your problem. Your free poster is going to cost you $106 after you take in framing and shipping. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, it's like I got, I have the money. It's just that it still kills me to spend it on that. You know? Right. It's like, why should this be this expensive? Right, exactly. <laughs> I never understand it. I'm like, why is it so expensive for you to put this in a fucking frame? It's not even the thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the stuff that houses the thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's it's just ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, there it is. Adam Shine, who was already successful when he got married, could probably afford all those posters. You know, he got the last original poster for free. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I will say that I just to wrap up the John Dellis encounter, you remember the one question he asked us, but he just wanted to know, which is probably what he wants to know of everybody that's ever worked for him. He wanted to know if we were happy. That's You know what? I've been really thinking about that a yeah. lot. Me too. And, you know, I think that's a... I think, uh, number one, I think it's a, a sincere question. Oh, yeah. Like, I totally think, it, yeah, I never doubted his sincerity in it, you know? Which which is what made me really think about it for, you know, the last couple of weeks. And uh, I'm like, man, is that really, that's the question? You yeah. Know? That's that's it. Does it really boil down to that? Because I've heard in other, in other arenas that, uh, that's not the question. The question is, are you, uh, are you fulfilled? Are you, you know, it's not about happiness. It's about contribution. You know, like, are you making things better than, than you leave them? Like that kind of thing. But, yeah. um, you know, I just kind of shrug my shoulders to when people, you know, uh, kind of pose those type of questions. Like, uh, but that. That are you happy question it was uh 
it really it, it kind of impacted me because I don't I mean of course I told him yes you know yeah I mean of course I told him yes because I was definitely happy at that moment right right right, right. <laughs> but one I don't think that's what he was getting at and no two, I know I know that's not what he was getting at I know he was like are you happy with where your life is right now but but if you tell him no you're gonna get in a big old philosophical conversation start explaining it wasn't the time or place to go into where we feel we messed up in our lives (laughs) exactly exactly but now i feel like um not that i lied but i feel like i shortchanged maybe not even him myself you know you know i mean if anything you don't need to worry about it because now you're self-examining yourself you know in the sense that, like, his question brought out the 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 realization of that that's an important yeah, like question. you should be happy. And yeah. it's like something my mom said to me last sometime back in 2014. You know, she was talking about one of my brothers or whatever. You know, she's like, you know, whatever. Life isn't that friggin' crazy. You know, whatever. Life might seem hard, but you just gotta find your own happiness. You know, and I think about it all the time, you know, it's like, yeah, you got to find what makes you happy. You know, I mean, I try to make myself happy, you know, but that that is, you know, I think at our point in life, the ages we are, that's what's more important now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's true. And, and like I went, I went to, to my mom and dad's house, uh, yesterday. So my dad's out of town. I want to check in on my mom and. You know, kind of do a couple things around the house or, yeah. or whatnot. She was watching the dogs for me, and um, she's like, "Wow, you look you look really great." She's like, "You know, you lose a little weight," and I'm like, "Well, I've been trying to eat, you know, better this week and you know get back on track, exercise and stuff." And she's like, "And also, I noticed, you know, your your Bell's palsy isn't, you know, even noticeable or anything like that." And she's like, "You think it's just because you're happy to be back in Asbury?" And yeah. And it's all kind of that whole your own happiness um, deal because, like, I'm not – like, I've been super stressed this entire month, you yeah. know, but with all that's gone on, um, just life kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, I know. I understand. But I keep – I try to keep it in, in, in perspective and, like, it's a lot easier when you can kind of do things on your own terms, therefore – that in and of itself makes you happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I was like, when I came back, you know, I mean, the weekend was great because I mean, like just that Friday walking around the campus, you know? Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, I really, and then, you know, I mean, I don't, for some reason, I didn't think we would just have unfettered access to all the school buildings like we did. <laughs> Right, right. Like, they, like that professor wanted to take our picture, but we're like, well, we really don't need you because he's not a. He didn't go here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but anyway, like she was totally fine. With, oh, I'm getting out of here. Like we were, like as if we had any right to be in there. She's like, right. oh, oh, I'm getting out of here. Don't worry. <laughs> right, right. But uh, but like I went out with somebody like it was the Saturday the next Saturday you know and she asked me oh well, how was the trip and I was like you know what it was really rejuvenating you know 
I hadn't been up there in such a long time, and it kind of made me think about the last time I was up there, which was with Cuddy. And uh, I drove there with Cuddy and Shannon and Shannon's friend, who was from Syracuse, back in 2003. And then Sean Reardon came up there, and we're all hanging out. And it kind of reminded me of that, like which I think I told you about when I was there, how Shannon, her friend, noticed Cuddy and I, and she, you know, it was Fagan's the first night we got there, and and they were both like, yeah, y'all just have this permanent glow on your faces, you know, like this permanent smile, and that's kind of how I felt like the whole weekend, even if I wasn't smiling the whole time, I was just happy to be there, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's true, man, and and. You know, I've tried to reconnect with some of those things that that bring me some joy, bring me some happiness that maybe I I pushed aside for whatever reason. Like you grow up and or 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 you mature, quote unquote mature, and you get into some other Sorry, stuff. Sorry, I believe it's mature. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're like, I've got no time for those shenanigans, or you know, I'm I'm busy. I'm busy uh, being a captain of industry, or 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 providing for my family, or you know, whatever it is. And after a while, you start to like, I don't know. I did anyway. Like turn my nose down at some of the sophomoric. Um, maybe email chains or, or or jokes that would get bantied back and forth, and I'd just be like, "Well, you know what's expected of me is to come in with uh, I shit my pants in the in the parking lot of Lowe's joke, you know. I'm gonna yeah. be above that, you know, and I'm not gonna participate in that, you know, kind of humor. And then you kind of lose you you lose what th- that core of of like. I don't know, like f- that foundation of of the things that make you happy, and it's not it's not dicking around. It's it's being able to just kind of chat with guys or connect with something that you know you have a shared experience with. And I lost that for a little while, and so um, you know, getting back up there, it, it helps you find that again. And um, you know, I've tried to kind of embrace those things, like talking about Fagan's or, or, you know, kind of a glory day story, or, you know, you were sitting at the bar when John Dulles walked in, like maybe that wasn't your most shining moment, but it was indicative of a time when you kind of did find your own happiness. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah and I think well, that's kind you of the point. The reason you were able to do this, cause you didn't have any worries. Yeah. Well, you exactly. Know, like, what, what, if I was sitting at a bar today at eight in the morning, you know, from the night before, maybe like, I'd have a problem because <laughs> you got res- you got real life responsibilities. But back then, even though it wasn't the greatest thing in the world to do, it was like, still, what were you really affecting? You know? Yeah. But at the same time, like if you find yourself in the quarter, you know, one night and it's, you know, you're stumbling in at five or five thirty for whatever reason, like that's not indicative of, of who you are, you know, there's no reason. And and that's what I would always, uh, you know, find myself doing, um, kind of beat myself up over those things that, that like, Oh, I can't be doing this now because so-and-so, because I have responsibility because I've got this, I've got that. And sometimes it's just like, well, what the fuck? You found yourself in the quarter at 5am and you don't know where your car is. And, I don't know. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Did yeah. anybody get hurt? No. Go home, go to bed, sleep it off, get up. Oh, and, I still have and... time to do that. Just as long as, I mean, occasionally I still go a little crazy, but 
I mean, it's very rare now, but as long as I don't do it on a on a school night, I'm fine. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but back so. then, even if it was a school night, it didn't matter. It was like, all right. You missed yeah. a class. Who cares? You're still graduating. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I've been up there enough that that it, you know Syracuse still has an impact on me, and and the university still makes me smile. Um, but this trip was nice. The, this trip, you know, I came away with it kind of for the same reasons. Um, you know, we just talked about you. You, you kind of experience it with with somebody in this case you who has a shared experience and it's not yep. just going up there to visit guy um yeah and having a good time this was walking around campus this was taking pictures this was um speaking of which send me some of those pictures because i have a shit uh, uh camera yeah phone. i'll uh, i'll uh, send you some of the pictures that i have yeah. so um so that's it man that's it the good times good times um you know, maybe we don't let 10 years go. Yeah, I mean, because when I was time. up there, and actually that was one good thing about having an outsider up there. And I told Jordan that on the plane ride back, you know, or while we were in the airport. I'll, I'll tell you something funny about that, though. <laughs> I, I was like, you know, for all these years, you know, when I started here, people or guys like, oh, yeah, I'll come and visit you. Or other times, like, oh, man, I'd love to go there with you even after graduating. I was like, in all that time, no one I know from Louisiana has ever come up here with me until you did now. Like, outside of my brother, you know, no other yeah, yeah. people. Yeah. I was like, so, man, you get a lot of credit for that, you know? Because <laughs> I was like, all those other people, like, oh, yeah. Like, even when this game was announced a couple of years ago, so many people were like, oh, man, I'll definitely go up there. Oh, that's your school. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, let's definitely go. Jordan's the only one that did. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, uh, even though we've got really no ties uh, now that uh, the guy's gone and Roscoe's gone, I like to think that we that we tipped the uh, the bartenders enough that they might recognize us when we go back in. So that was kind of my ulterior. Oh uh, yeah, motive. yeah, you took care of them really good, huh? Like, let's take some, let's make some yeah. new friends. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think we might have. Uh, we might have accomplished that because on the way out Saturday night, they, uh, you know, they gave me a old thumbs up and you know, hope to see you back soon. Uh, so nice. Hope to uh, hope to repeat that, man. Yeah, but the cool that. thing was being able to take a friend up there and show him like, yeah, this is my place, you know, this yeah. is my school, you know, it's kind of cool to show someone else that, you know. And I think we had a good showing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, think it was showing. a perfect weekend. The weather was good, you know, everything worked out, and. uh yeah, I mean, it was kind of crazy. It was like putting a uh, a bow on everything. We happened to go up there, which was it wasn't supposed to be this weekend, but it just turned out that it happened to be guys last weekend. Right, right. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of crazy. It's like I hadn't been up there in twelve years, and you know, it was like the stars were converging. You know. Yeah, exactly. It was meant so, to be, as uh, they say. Yeah, I mean, but I really, I was like, man, now I want to get back up here for a basketball game, you know? <laughs> so, but that's probably a, at least a year off now, you know? Right, right, right. But, right. Um, but right. funny thing is, just to wrap up the trip, we, you know, you dropped us off at the airport that morning or that afternoon. And, uh, you know, at that point, you just want to get home, you know? The plane was supposed to leave like a three something. Well, 
they, they're like, everybody get in line to start boarding. And then right when everybody's getting in line, they come over and they're like, uh, there's going to be a delay. The co-pilot isn't here yet. He's at LaGuardia in New York. Like, <laughs> seriously? What the fuck? Yeah. You know? And then they come up again, you know, after people think, oh, well, enough time's passed. They're like, just want to let you know we're going to be delayed a little bit more. You know, and a lot of people on the plane, there was a lot of LSU people and stuff. And uh, and then there was a dude that had tattoos all over his face. I don't know what he was doing, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's your fucking job? You know, what do you do for a living with that look? But that's just another story. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, and are you going home to New Orleans? Or are you from New York? I, I was totally confused about what was going on with that guy. <laughs> but I, they come back over, and this is so Jersey, you know. Uh, they're like, we're going to wait a little bit more. The co-pilot's still not from the airport. And, and you just heard a audible groan. Like I said, oh, what? And the guy is like, hey, this is New York. There's lots of traffic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all defensive. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Which is like, great. Yeah, but there's a schedule. Didn't the guy know, you know? Didn't y'all figure this out? <laughs> Which is great because you're in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. well, because he was coming from LaGuardia, right? Like right, the right. idea that the fucking co-pilot sitting in bumper bumper traffic in Midtown Manhattan, you know? right? All right. Like is ludicrous to me to begin with. <laughs> uh, like, like we should. Oh, sorry. We should feel bad since the fucking co-pilots arriving to the airport an hour after uh, departure is supposed to be, you know? Right. That's our fault because we didn't know. We weren't aware that there's lots of traffic in this part <laughs> of the country. <laughs> uh, uh, good but, times. Good yeah, times. but it was a great weekend, man. It was a great weekend. It was a great weekend. So much so, I even toyed with... Um, with uh, retiring apologies to Girk's brother because I think we had such a good showing, uh, or at least I had such a good showing up and above and beyond the USC showing. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, yeah, you didn't you didn't do anything foolish. No, I did nothing foolish. I respected myself and I respected those around me, um, and and remember every moment. And ate disco fries when other people ate disco fries. So yep. uh, to me, that um, that could possibly warrant. But um, with uh, without further ado, well, I well, let me just because if I don't say it now, I'll never say it again. The one beauty of college <laughs> was when we win the chucks that night. I opened the tab. I ordered like. Four or five drinks because that's when Alyssa showed up. I ordered her a drink and then I ordered a bunch of mind erasers. <laughs> then I ordered a couple more drinks and closed at the tab. All liquor drinks, you know? Yeah. And like not just well drinks, you know? Like I was drinking Makers. Jordan was drinking friggin' Jack, you know? Right. Get the tab. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be outrageous. Look at it. $24. <laughs> I was thinking in my mind, $24. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, college is awesome. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be like a $60 round at least. 
Not at Chuck's, my friend, where everybody knows your name. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. What part is attributed to being hooked up? What part is attributed to just sloppy tab keeping that is common in college bars? Right, yeah. right. All right. All well. right, so with apologies to Girk's brother, <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> Thank you.